You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 191. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 191. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Baby doll. Hey, hey. Welcome back. Mr. Smith is back in the house. In the house. Yeah. So I think we... I don't like the way you rearranged it, though. Oh, you don't? No. You're not... going to have to rearrange the house. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to have to show you who's boss around here. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. So full disclosure, we're going to have another guest on next week because Mr. Smith really needed a break. There's been, you know, some stuff that we've been kind of going through with family and um, I graciously have given him some time off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, you have boss. such a positive work environment. Yeah. So I, so, I needed a hiatus. I, yeah. You know, you put in a lot of work for pretty much only sexual favors that I get. <laughs> so uh, still, do I still get paid? Only in that currency. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just excited to have you here as the pod. Podience loves you and loves to hear from you. So, uh, so just so you guys they know, love me. we have another awesome guestie who is going to pop in next week that I think we'll be able to, first of all, there's going to be <coughs> some free shit coming up oh, next week. Maybe a free shit alert. Maybe. Maybe. All right. You might have to stick around and see if that happens. And it'll just be cool to kind of get some different perspective on the show. And then, and then you'll be back in full effect. I'll be fully back. So no need to freak out. <laughs> but since you're here and since you have an amazing segment, why don't we jump into Would you rather? Would you rather? Yeah, I'm back, baby. <laughs> All right, today's would you rather is kind of in a kind of in a Valentine theme. It's All in, right. in the vein. Okay. Um would you rather find out you were married to a CIA operative? Okay. Or to a mobster? Oh. I think, okay, my, well, my, I'm a rule follower, so I'm thinking. The CIA operative. I yeah, knew it. Right. I knew it. I mean, that's what where I tend to go. I knew it. But I also feel like there's certain things, just, you know, I feel really, really strongly about, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, like, not to get all political or anything, but I think there's these certain systems like CIA, like our government, like FBI, like the police that we just, even doctors that we think they're going to do the right thing. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be healthy for me. They're going to take care of me, protect me. And I'm seeing all this evidence to support the contrary. So then, so that's where my mind went in that tiny little bit of questioning. Because <laughs> I, I, my first thought was like, CIA, that's safe. And then I thought... Actually, it might be safer. Might be safer to go with the mobster. Yeah, because yeah. So I—that's <laughs> kind of where my whole head went 
in that because you don't tell me these ahead of time. No, at that's, all. That's on purpose. Right? Well, what do you? What would you do? Uh, well, it would be funny if you were a mobster. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'd be like, "Wow, you really sold that." <laughs> I totally thought you were like a hippie personal <laughs> development chick. Yeah. I would be like, wow, she really, really sold that one. But you would have sold the CIA operative too, because you can't keep a secret to save your life. Yes, I can. Well, no, no, no. That's not true. I mean... I uh, talk about everything. In the sense that, yeah, you talk about everything. But I'm fucking loyal. So no, if somebody... True. like, I mean, you know. Like, if my clients or students tell me anything, it go, it's like to yeah, the grave. Absolutely. Um, Just a little disclaimer there about my ethics. <laughs> Jesus. I think I think it would be more fun to be uh, with a mobster. Because the CIA operative couldn't tell you anything. I know. I'm kind of thinking. But I'm, a mobster might be able to tell you more. That's, I'm thinking of my... And you could like, oh, what happened with this? And did you but, do that? But I guess... And you could be more involved. I guess it wouldn't matter. Either one would just kill my anxiety. Like, I, it would be... Off the charts. Yeah. Off the Because char- I started thinking, okay, the mobster would make my anxiety freak out. Then I was going, oh, CIA operative would probably make it freak out too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I might live dangerously since I never do. And this is totally fictitious. I think I'm going to pick the mobster. Wow. <laughs> a change of heart from the joy junkie. Unbelievable. Well, so maybe... Would that mean that you would walk around in like a zoot suit? Because I associate mobsters with like a 1940s. And have like a 40s accent, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll do that for you. Or could I, could you maybe that? Maybe there'll be, be some like, role play later. Or maybe, could I take Sons of Anarchy? Like that. I'll go with that. They're mobsters. They're let gun me, runners. Let yeah. me take that type of egg. There you go. Yeah. Well, I fit into that category a lot better than I do a, a 40s mobster. You're going to have to stop trimming that beard though. Stop it. <laughs> You just stop it. All right. All right. So moving forward. Moving on. All right. Good to have you back. Good Chris. to be back. Oh, my God. All right. So, but before we jump into all of this, I do need to give you a huge warm fuzzy. Yay! Oh, really? For what? For being back here with us and, you know, having stuff going on and still taking the time out to hang out with us. So, thank you. I had to make sure I gave you a warm fuzzy for that. I love warm fuzzies. I know, I know you do, I baby. I do love them. I know you do. So this was a listener-submitted topic, and if you did not know so already, we have an opportunity for all of the audience listening to submit show topics to us, which we really love. So if you go to the show notes page, which is this particular episode, thejoyjunkie.com slash 191, you'll see a little spot there where you can submit a show topic. So this is what one of the listeners sent to us. She said, how... Do I avoid being perceived as selfish or uncaring when I say something others want me to, when I say no to something others want me to do, or when I create boundaries? So, for instance, my sister stopped talking to me for three months after I said no to going on a family holiday, which sounded like hell to me. And she did not tell me why she was upset for three months and then said, I'm selfish because I always do what I want. Wow. I'm furious. That sounds like the complete opposite. Right. I mean... Like, who's the one being selfish here? So, but your sister wants you to do exactly what she She wants. She wants, yeah. Uh, People love to throw that out when they're not getting their way. Guilty. You you know? like Guilt, rather. That's right. They're hurling those guilt. So this whole topic today is going to be about 
what to do when friends and family don't like your choices. So we're definitely going to target what this listener talked about, and then we'll look at a couple of other scenarios where this could apply as well. So the first thing that I have to underline here is when she says, how do I avoid being perceived as? Mm. Immediately I was like, you can't. You cannot control how you are perceived. Perceived. That is 100% sister's call. That is 100% your boss's call, your spouse's call, your brother, your whoever it is. But I think that's one of our biggest challenges and one of the major cornerstones of what I teach is that we are not responsible for how we are perceived. We are not responsible for how we are received. We are only responsible for our intention, how we choose to show up. So our greatest issue with this is we are taught throughout society through how we have been raised that we can control how somebody else feels by contorting our behavior yeah yeah so that's the thought right well we say things like don't hurt their feelings don't rock the boat don't make that person feel this certain way Mm -hmm. and granted is there some merit sure like don't be an asshole uh, sure. But most of the time, we're taking one isolated incident circumstance where somebody else doesn't like our response, our boundary, our choice, and we're making that mean that we're wrong, that mm. we somehow have to make them happy. And we completely negate that their behavior and their response is their responsibility. Right. Completely. Completely, yeah. Right? So that's... (laughs) Okay, so we've got that cleared up. Right. Right? What do you do when someone has perceived that you are doing something and you're like, that's not my intention? Well, that's a great point. First of all, you can always state your intention. So, for instance, with this gal, uh, this wasn't even something I was going to cover, but that's a great segue as always (laughs) when this when you are accused of something you know like if this sister says you are selfish and brands you with that moniker you are selfish because you always do what you want you can respond with it's certainly not my intention to come across selfish But it's also not your responsibility to change any of your behavior based off of what sister wants or doesn't want. So I think the the biggest piece of that is not responding defensively in that moment because that is what is so incredibly hard. Because if somebody's coming at you believing that you have done something wrong and that you are being selfish, let's say, and you immediately respond defensively, it's only going to cement their viewpoint of you. Right. It's also extremely counterintuitive because when somebody accuses you of something, your instinct is to lash out. Defense, yeah. To defend, right? So this could be something, and I'm going to get to it in a few bullet points here, of having a conversation after the fact with her. But you can always, like if somebody says, like, you really left us high and dry, or 
we have no other option and they're kind of hurling that guilt at you, you can say, please know it's not my intention to leave you high and dry. It's not my intention. Fill in the blank. And that's noting your responsibility. And then you can say, however, in this circumstance, I really did need to take care of myself, do this other plan, stick to my guns, whatever you need to say. Okay. So the next thing that I really wanted, does that make sense before I Absolutely. jump? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The next thing that I wanted to underline that I think really warrants talking about here is there's this idea that once you start sticking up for yourself, once you learn personal development, once you start learning how to work with your negative self-talk, once you've developed kind of these arsenal of skills, that you will only feel powerful and happy always. Like, shit and glitter, right? Yeah, euphoria. And and that's Mm -hmm. not the case. So the way I like to describe this is, it's not that you are going to have an absence of hurt. So in this situation, that is painful to receive an accusation like that from your sister. Mm -hmm. However, the change that happens is how you choose to engage with that hurt. So the first point, you cannot avoid how you are being perceived. You cannot change how you're being perceived. Second point, know that personal empowerment does not equal feeling happy all of the time. So you have to allow room for Emotions, emotions mm-hmm. that aren't always comfortable, like pain, sadness, uh, guilt, anger. You have to allow for room of those things. And then the third thing is engage with those emotions differently. So what I mean by that, like yeah. in, in this situation, the emotion that you are likely to have felt, like she says right here, I'm furious. Yeah. So her emotion that she feels with this interaction with sister is anger. I feel anger. Now, oftentimes what we'll do is we will feel some sort of emotion like anger and it will clue us into you need to go do something about it. Right. So the way I like to describe this is like just because you're pissed off, it doesn't mean it's the best choice to go key someone's car. Just because you feel (laughs) an attraction to somebody outside of your marriage does not mean that that's the best choice to go have an affair. It just means you're fucking human. What we feel is human. So if you are talking to your parent, let's say another example Uh, You and I have talked very openly that we don't want children. Right. That's, for us, very fortunately, we don't have a monumental amount of guilt that comes our way. We're really fortunate in that regard. Yeah, we we are, for sure. But I have heard from a lot of people who have made those choices that it's been challenging for them because the family doesn't like that choice, and then they will hurl guilt, particularly mothers or mother in laws, saying, well, I just really want grandkids and when am I going to get grandkids? And so the emotion that you feel in that instant is guilt. And when you feel guilt, instead of being with it and assessing it, like what am I really feeling here? We react to it. Mm-hmm. And when you feel guilt, you set, you tend to people please. 
So you yeah. tend to go, oh, mom, I don't want you to feel that way. We're going to do it. We're going to do it sometime. You know, we're, we're going to have kids soon. Or, but we're, you know, you tend to people please. Appease, yeah. Right. Or you'll run away or you'll choose a behavior that isn't powerful. Like maybe you like lose your shit on them. Like stop asking me about that, you know. But you do some, you choose an action that is responding to that emotion instead of responding from a really powerful place after you've analyzed the emotion. Right. So I've used this example before in your work, like where if somebody can't book a session with you because your schedule is super, super packed and they go, I really need to get in with you. What do you feel? I feel like I need to refer them to someone else that can take care of them. Ooh, check who's grown in that arena, right? Yeah. How did you used to respond? (laughs) I used to feel like I had to say yes and I had to make room and I would compromise my um, recovery time or my personal time to uh, make sure that they got taken care of. That's right. And that's what happens for most people when we experience guilt like I just that. had it happen today. Did you? Mm-hmm. So here's the difference. You will likely always have the pang of guilt. Like, bummer. I want Yeah. I want to be there. I for, definitely have that. I feel yeah. but but you engage with that guilt differently. You don't go, you know what? That must be my responsibility to make them happy. You go, no. That's their responsibility. My responsibility is to handle myself in a way in which I'm proud. Yeah. And I will be proud of myself if I honor who I am. And you know, this is all the stuff behind the scenes of our action. Right. It's like, in your head. Yeah. Like what's really, really happening. So usually our gut instinct, when we feel that feeling, that pang of guilt is, oh my God, I can't feel it. Let's try to make them happy. So this example, you feel that urge of anger that you feel towards your sister for calling you selfish and you want to lash out on her or you want to shut her out completely. You want to do something reactive to the anger instead of just processing it. Right. So even in that scenario that we used with you, if you can just breathe and acknowledge like, and obviously you've gotten to a point where it's gotten so much easier for you and you're able to do it habitually without having to think about it. But if that's you, where you acquiesce or just do what everybody else wants you to do because you can't stand to be with that feeling, you have to stop and call it out, like internally. You don't. It's not like someone's trying to book an appointment. And you're like, I feel guilt. You know. You know what I did with that guilt? What? Um, I hired people <laughs> to take the overflow. Right. Like I'm not able to see you until this date, so I started going. Gosh, I feel so bad that I, you know, my books are full. How do I get over that? Well, I have other people on staff that are trained that can do what I do and they can take them, right? Right. And that, you know, it's uh, after that, it's not up to me, right? That's right. But I would also argue that if you don't change the internal messaging, it wouldn't matter how much staff you have. Yeah. Because if you keep coming up against somebody needing something from you, because I know you, and I know there's tons of people who they don't want the other people. They want you to work on them. So you still have to manage what I want matters. 
even more so than what they want. And that is a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not that you're never going to feel pissed at your sister. It's not sure. that you're never going to feel guilt when you can't accommodate something. It's that you learn to engage with that emotion differently. I like it. So I like to think of our emotions as messaging, right? And it's up to us to decipher that messaging. So in particular, like with guilt, let's say, most of the time, well, with a lot of them, with sadness, anger, all of that, a lot of times we take on all of that responsibility to make the situation right instead of really looking at it. So for instance, with guilt, I like to say, Guilt is reserved for when you did something wrong. That's to reroute poor behavior. Most of the time, what we're interpreting as guilt when we say, like, I just really feel bad, is we don't like the other person's response. We didn't really do something wrong. We just go, oh, I must be responsible to make them happy. But you cannot unpack that if you don't look at your emotional response, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at what am I feeling about this? So with this gal, I would say, all right, let's look at this. Let's look at the scenario. Are you, what about this is infuriating? Because even though she says, I'm furious, she's you know so it sounds like I'm pissed I'm you know you can't treat me like that she starts off by saying how do I avoid being perceived as selfish you still want them to see you a different way Mm -hmm. you still want a different response from the other person and you cannot control that so the fourth point that I wanted to make Mm. is when you are in the middle of something like that, like fury, anger, disappointment, guilt, embarrassment, sadness, whatever it happens to be, you have to first acknowledge that feeling that you're experiencing, and then you have to question the feeling. So for instance, if I'm attracted to somebody else, I know now enough, because I've navigated that feeling enough times, to know that that's just my humanity. I don't have to make it mean anything. It doesn't mean I'm going to nurture it or water that plant. Right. And it's usually indicative of I need to get laid or (laughs) you and I have been crossing like two ships passing in the night and we haven't gotten to connect as much. So it's a matter of me dissecting that attraction and looking at what's really underneath it. This gal looking at the anger. What is anger? What is infuriating about this? Well, my sister has falsely accused me of something. I feel wronged. And you can kind of dig underneath it and go, did I do anything wrong here? Mm -hmm. Am I unhappy with my choices? Do I need to clean anything up? But that doesn't happen if we just react. Right. Because then you're in reaction, not proaction. Right. And then you never really understand what is truly your responsibility and what's theirs because you're always trying to make them happy. That is typically our go-to. Let me clean it up. Let me make people not angry at me. Let let me make it so that they approve of my choices. And we simply cannot do that for every single person that comes into our life. Right. That's but a we lot try. of responsibility. We try. And that's why people end up fucking unhappy because they not only can you not make everybody happy, but in the course of that, you completely neglect making you happy. Because mm-hmm. you're not even on the radar. So with this listener, 
I would say get really clear about what your responsibility is in this matter. So you've allowed yourself to feel the feelings of sadness or of anger, and then maybe you kind of get it out on paper. Maybe you look at, here's what I did. I said no to going to a family function that I did not want to go to. If I never had a poor response from my sister, would I change anything about how I behaved back then? Would I change anything about that choice? Right. Because usually what makes us question our choices is other people's responses to the choice. Right. Sure. Right? Like, makes sense. Like we could feel amazing about our choice not to have kids. And if we weren't as strong as we are, we could let somebody's guilt really influence us to go, wait a minute, maybe we should really rethink this. I don't know. But we were so assured that we were like, oh, thank you. But no. Right. You know, we've always been able to kind of navigate that sort of commentary because we feel at peace. So regardless if somebody applauds that decision or they think it's the stupidest thing in the world, we're like, Meh. we're at peace with where we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You look like you're deep in thought over there. Well, I was just thinking about um, you're bringing up the kids thing and it made me think I was just talking to somebody the other day about um, and they have kids that are fully grown now. Mm-hmm. But she said when she was younger, her mom and her family made her have children. Like it was a non-option. It was like, you're having kids, you right. know, like it wasn't even on the table. So she had this, she just like, okay, I have kids, right? Even though in her heart, she didn't want them. Yeah. So she had kids. And then when her oldest was 14, I don't know why 14, but for some reason, 14 was the number for her. She realized, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I have resentment towards my children. Right. And It'll then come out. all the way from 14 to like now, when I don't know how old they are now, but it's like eight, nine years later. Yeah. She's going through therapy to mm-hmm. try to deal with that resentment. Yeah. So th- we don't realize when we do it to other people. Or when we just take what other people take on their guilt or their embarrassment or whatever and try to appease it, right? what kind of consequences it has. That's right. So what's the consequence if you did go on that, if this, this listener did go on that trip and appeased her sister? Right. Right? That's exactly right. We, we tend to weigh out the costs like, oh my gosh, my sister's mad at me. Right. But I love what you brought up because it's like, well... What would have happened if you did go and you did just do what everybody else wanted? I made my sister happy and then next time it'll make it even worse. I don't know. You know, whatever. But you, You start to perpetuate this way of being where you don't matter as much as what other people want. Yeah. What they want is more important important than than what I want. want. And that's shifting that dynamic and what you're saying does get really sticky because you kind of especially if you're immersed in it like your family Mm -hmm. culture is here's the way in which it is it takes a fierce amount of not only bravery but awareness to go I'm in the middle of something where there's very specific messaging about what's acceptable we see it a lot with religious families too this is the only way. So if I buck the system in some way, 
I'm also going to choose massive consequence. I right. might get shunned from the family, but that's the, that's part of it is when it comes to massive choices like that, like whether or not to have kids or what sort of faith you are going to adopt in your adulthood, that is, it's either what you want or it's what I want. It's not a compromising situation. Mm -hmm. And I've faced that in my own life as it relates to religion. And I kind of went to this point where my intention is not to hurt my mother. My intention is not to have her carry this massive burden of my soul. <laughs> However, if that's what she chooses to do, that's her that responsibility. Her. I have to give her an onus of responsibility for what she is demanding, mm -hmm. right? Same thing with this gal's sister. You have to put some responsibility on her for her demand. And so with that situation for me, I decided if it is an either or, it's either you're happy with my choice or I'm happy with my choice, I choose me. Nice. And that's what I have nurtured over years and years and years. That takes some time. As have that you. Yeah. That's why those responses to clients mm -hmm. don't take you out the way they used to. You exactly. used to work all during the weekend. You would book time. I'd be like, honey, God damn it. Stop <laughs> booking clients. But you've learned to engage with the emotion differently yeah. so that you're not responsive to it. Yep. Exactly. So number four, again, getting clear about what is your piece in the matter and what is their responsibility. It's my mom's responsibility to have set, that she has a dogmatic belief. So whatever she, however she chooses to engage about that or converse with me about, that is hers. Now, if, if someone wanted more information on this type of thing, <laughs> what could they do? Oh my God, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I keep you around. This is why I need to give you some vacation here and there, right? Well, I'm really, really glad you asked. But you guys may know the last couple of podcasts we've talked about the retreat that I have coming up mm -hmm. with my very best friend. And one of the modules that we dig into is around emotions and how we tend to operate with emotions. And a lot of times it'll be something like, feeling a ton of anger towards your boss or feeling depressed because of a breakup and then you turn to behaviors like over drinking overeating over mm. facebooking yeah. and so All we're above. we're kind of in this culture and we've talked a lot about it today where we're used to responding to emotion when it doesn't feel good we want to make it feel right like how do i squash this negative feeling that i have so we're going to be targeting all of that. And it's this incredible program that we have really carefully curated, both myself and my very best friend. Her name is Andrea. And she was on the show with us last week, if you got to hear that episode. But we're taking a small grouping of women to a gorgeous boutique hotel in Asheville, North Carolina. It is, I, I believe, April 30th through May 3rd. Let's look at the pictures. It's beautiful. It's Stunning. Yeah. But I think more than anything, it's, you know, it's one thing to consume a lot of this information virtually. And I have an amazing connection with my clients and my students where we do work via the internet or sure. via phone. But there is something incredibly magical about being in person with a grouping of like-minded people who all have the same struggles. And I see it over and over and over again where everybody is scared shitless. And then by the end of the time together, they're best friends. Yeah. 
I think just to add a point to that is I think the amount of social media and internet that is involved in our lives today yeah just drives the point home that it's so that our our personal connections when we're actually face to face flesh to flesh so much more important you're right you're right and what's interesting is we've seen and it's only going to get worse <laughs> and yeah, right. and we've seen a lot of our past retreaters from other events that we've done who are still connecting. They still talk on Facebook. That is so cool. We'll see pictures of them that have been taken like a year later. And seriously, we had two gals. One was from, I believe, I want to say Australia. I don't think it was New Zealand. I'm pretty sure it was Australia. And the other gal was in the States. And they've flown to see each other already. That's a heck of a flight too. Right? But they were total strangers. They were roommates at the retreat, became like best friends. And there's a handful of stories like that that we have. But I think it's... It's we're talk we're not talking about just like we like gardening. We all like gardening. We're talking about like I need to work with my fucking fear. Deep soul searching stuff. And that yeah. is uniting. And that's I think that is probably the thing that drives people away from signing up the most is their is their fear. It's terrifying. Yeah. When you are in fear, the animal is in gear. Right? So there's this animal inside of us that's in gear when fear is so present. That's right. Right. And so what do we want to do? Run away. Run or attack. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's so true. (laughs) And what I tell people all the time is I'm scared too. Right. And the only difference, again, this is all coming back to how you engage with emotion. I am scared. Andrea always talks about how she has this fear of people being disappointed meeting her in real life. Yeah. The only difference between our fear and your fear is we choose to engage with it differently. Right. So I feel that emotion of fear and I still choose the powerful action. So if That's what I'm getting to with all of that. Yeah. Even though you might be in fear and you might be scared, you could see just by some of, by the testimonials and like I'm obviously in it, so I see what, you know, all of your students say right. and do. But it's 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 amazing how they were afraid, but they did it anyway, and they had such a propulsion of yes. life experience afterwards. It was incredible. It, it, it's amazing. It really is amazing. So if you are interested, today, if you're listening to this episode, the day it airs, which is Monday the 20th, this coming Thursday, the 23rd, is the last day, if there's still spots available, to get in at the early bird rate. We've taken it back to the early bird rate, $250 off. You can also get it, break it up into a three payment plan. Nice. We're covering self-worth. We're covering emotions. A lot of the stuff we're talking about today. We're talking about self-forgiveness and also getting kind of a handle on that that inner critic, right? Mm -hmm. So tons of components that we've seen that radically influence self-love. So if you're, I mean, You'll know if it's for you. Yeah, you'll know. Right? And so, where would they go if they wanted to get more information on it to see if they I'm were? so glad you asked, Mr. Smith. <laughs> well, you can always go to the show notes page for today, or you can go directly to theselfloverevolution.com. And if you want to just jump on the phone with me or Andrea, you'll see on that page at theselfloverevolution.com, in the bottom right-hand side, there's a little coral bubble. And if you click on that bubble, it sh- it'll take you to, it'll show you a little link where you can go book a phone call with one of us. We've opened up our schedules. We want people to feel really confident with their choice yeah, about it. So. Absolutely. 
All right, cool. So if you are interested, you know where to go. All right, so number five, I would ask yourself as it relates to somebody being really upset with you or doesn't like your choice, doesn't like your boundary, is there something I need to say or do in order to be proud of myself? So with this particular listener, after you've taken some time to process that that anger, is there something you need to say to your sister? Is there something that you need to clear up? Do you need to tell her, I find that really hurtful that you think that I'm being selfish. I find that really unfortunate. I don't share your opinion. Is there something you need to say? Or did you yell and scream and you need to go clean up how you communicated? Mm -hmm. Maybe you say, and I've done this before too, where I've said, I still feel very strongly about what I conveyed to you but I did not express it in a kind way. And for that, I need to apologize. So it could be something like that, where you feel like in order to bridge that gap, you need to make amends for something you did wrong, but you do not need to apologize if you do feel powerful about your choice that you made. Right. If, Oftentimes yeah. it's just how you said it Yeah. that needs cleaning up. But that's where, where I would look at this is, is there an opportunity to have a conversation with her? Is there something I need to say? Or knowing that it could land on deaf ears, she may not like it, she may not agree with you. Is there something you need to do for your own integrity, for your own pride of self? Right. Or hmm. related to the nature of your relationship? I love the bullet points. And I'm going to link to uh, some podcasts specifically around tough conversations that might be helpful. So you can find that on the show notes page again, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 191. And that might help you navigate how to broach a challenging conversation like that. And then the final point is confide in your tribe. Like if you've had this massive altercation with your spouse or with your sister who's really making you wrong for your choices... Have your go-to network of people who you can express that to. One of my favorite things to say is speak your truth into ears that can hear you. I love it. Most of the time, we go and speak our truth into people that people's ears that we wish could hear us. Like, I can't plead my case about not wanting children And have that really understood by every single person in my life. Right. There's only a handful of people that applaud that choice for me. Right. So, again, it's looking at if I have this sort of a situation with my sister, who can I debrief this with? And this is another thing that we've been talking a lot about with regards to the retreat is there's this pull, this need to have like-minded people around you. You know? Right. And a lot of times you get stuck. I mean, we've done a handful of friendship podcasts because you get to this point where you're like, why don't I have people I can fight in? Why don't I have people who really hold my biggest life for me and Mm -hmm, see something mm -hmm, amazing mm -hmm. for me? So, again, that's an incredible opportunity to take some serious action towards cultivating like-minded friendships. So... Uh, obviously, we think very highly of retreats. I, we love them too. Like yeah. you and I going to in-person conferences. We love that. You need because to. Because the connection is fucking insane. And it's so incredible to be around people who who genuinely, truly support you. It's so safe. Like that's the best I way I can think of. So, 
So that's the final point. Confide in your tribe. Don't try to dissect all this selfishness stuff with your sister if she's not able to hear you. It Mm -hmm. might be more of a boundary sort of situation. Like, you don't have to agree with me, but I still feel very strongly about my choice. Not, let me explain to you all the reasons why. She might not be that person. So find that other person who, who is that for you. Awesome. So anything else that you wanted to add, babe? Um, just that uh, you were on point tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Thanks. And your voice was like honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere, Mr. Smith. I'm, I'm looking forward to that for, uh, that uh, role play. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> on that note. Uh, get over I, here, Shang. No. You know I hate that. You know I hate that. Oh, my God. So... We will see you around these parts (laughs) next week, or I will anyway. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. I'm Smith, out.